Oh my God. Is that the I best think that one was the I've first ever time done. we've done it at the same time? Well, because we're in the same room. <laughs> but I bet there'll be like um, plenty of ways we can screw it up, even just being in the same room. Like I can already hear my chair popping. I can hear it too. And my. And your spittle. My mouth so is real spitty too. I'm sorry. It's kind of, it's different. It's new. Like we're looking at each other, but not through a screen. It's different. It's new. It's good. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, welcome to episode <laughs> 13. Yes. Yes. Lucky 13. We did it. Is it lucky? It's very lucky. Or is it bad luck? No, I think it's lucky. Is it weird that this topic is falling on 13? Is that? Mm, I feel like that it would be weirder if we were doing the ghost show on 13. Ooh. I guess we're going to do that a an ghost upcoming show. I topic? think so. I'm, I don't know about ghosts, but I was thinking like fears. Ghosts of your past. Maybe irrational fears. Okay. Or or ghosts of your past if you want to go down that road. <laughs> you could call it that, you know, demons. Okay. Yeah. I don't like that still haunt you today. Okay. But that's not this episode. That's not this episode no. at all. This episode is way more fun. Is it? Yes. I think in your mind it probably is. That's not you what I got from your what we're talking GIFs about. the other day. GIFs, GIFs. How do you I say know. that? How word? do you say that? I'm not sure. Um, no, I hate talking about, well, I like talking about other people's money. I don't like talking about my, my family's money. Okay. That makes me feel real sad. Sad. Uh-huh. That's the feeling. Because of all my life experiences. I don't know why. Um, lots of reasons. Lots of reasons, which we'll get into later. Will we? Will we? Yes, totally. Okay, great. I mean, not my stuff. We never get into okay, my stuff. Okay, cool. Well, unless it's poop. And we're not, it's not about poop today. No, it's so. not. But we will get into the reasons why yeah. talking about money is so complex and triggering for like yes. almost everybody. Yes. It's like one of those big things. It's like, what are like the, there's like four or five or six of like the major things that people get into, like in relationships specifically. And like, oh, like money is definitely one of them. I think moving. Well, like, okay. Infidelity. Like sex. Okay. Money. Yes. Uh, kids. Kids. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Health. Mm, I don't know. I can't remember how many there Pets? are. Cats. Cats. I guess there's cats. an infinite amount depending on who you are. Cats. <laughs> I'm not sure. Probably cats. When you pulled in my driveway today, there was a cat and you were like, <laughs> Yeah, it was following cat. me. And you were looking at me through the window and you were like, What's wrong? And I was like, There's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> so, how do you, okay, so what is your personal feeling? Just like first about feeling cats? that comes up. Nope, we know the cats thing. About money. Money. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like having it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like spending it, but only if it means I still have it. Uh huh. And I need enough, and I want enough, and I'm not sure what enough even means. Okay. I may, maybe I never have enough, though, is the thing. Maybe. I'm not sure. Maybe. But you do get um, to a point where you feel comfortable, right? And then, like. I feel, what's interesting is I feel comfortable right now. Uh-huh. But I think it has a lot more to do with my having trust in the universe right now. Yeah. And less about. The number. Yeah, I think it has more to do with your mental health. Yeah. Than it does with, yeah, like where you're. For sure. Because I don't, is. I don't think the number has changed all that much. Yeah. Um, but my trust has changed a whole lot. In the universe. Yes. In the last year. In the last year yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think I was trying to think of like what why talking about money is so triggering for so many people, because I swear I've had a money session with every single client I have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely have a lot of information about financial health and what financial health and responsibility looks like. And I will go over budgets with clients. Like that is totally something I'm willing to do. But the moment my husband brings up money, I'm like, Nope, shut it down. Yeah. It's like the, the doors are closing. I be- start backing yeah. up slowly. Like it's just, it just touches on so many things. And so then I was making a list in my head of like, okay, well, what areas of our lives does it touch on? Right. And then, oh, all of them, Mm -hmm. all of them, it touches on all of them. And that made me think of these, 
two different things that we study when you're in like the psychology field, which are the Maslow's hierarchy of needs and the adverse childhood events study. And I'll go into what both of those are. Do you want me to do that right now? You can. Are you so interested? Yeah. Everybody's on the edge of their chairs. I feel like this is I know. <laughs> sciencey. It is sciencey. Okay, so. Yay, science. Let's talk about ACEs, Adverse Childhood Experiences Study. Okay, yes. Um, this is a study that was done um, on adults, but it, it was like an um, inventory of all these different things that had maybe happened to children to these adults when they were children. And the study found that the more of these adverse events children had experienced, the worse off they were as adults. And by worse off, I mean like um, encountered relationship difficulties, had um, serious health problems, had um, involvement in the juvenile justice or the, you know, penitentiary system. Had a hard time. Right. So like we're not able to function as well as other people who had not gone through these adverse childhood events, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm just going to list what they are. There's specific ones or? There's specific categories. Categories. Um, let's see. So the categories are, um, let's see, physical and sexual abuse, um, divorce uh, or parental separation, having a parent with mental or substance use disorder, so mental health illness or substance use disorder, um, are some of them. There were other ones too. But then they found like the more of these, so then they, the ACEs study, you get like a point for every one of these that you had in your childhood. Mm-hmm. Points are bad. In points this are bad. Case. And the more points you had, the more likely you were to have a difficult upbringing, a difficult, difficult adulthood, not able to hold down a job, not able to be financially savvy, not able to accrue wealth, not able to put yourself through school or send your kids to college or stay in a long-term relationship. And so when thinking about money and ACEs, like they're all so involved. Like if you have parents who separate, finances get harder. Like pretty much that's just the way it goes, right? If you have a parent with a serious illness or a serious illness in your family, especially living in the U.S., money becomes more difficult, right? You have to spend more money to take care of that person, which means there's less money for other things. Um, and what, so, I'm, what I'm noticing as you're saying these things is I feel like it could be like a cycle. It's absolutely a cycle. You know, because if you if you experience these things as a child and it causes you to have a difficult upbringing, a difficult adulthood, you just might perpetuate this cycle. Right. Absolutely. And it it just let, leaves you with less ground to stand on, right? Like it's just so harder to dig yourself out of that hole. But I, what I would recommend for people who, like if you notice right now listening to the podcast that, oh, one of those things rings a bell, like, oh, my parents did divorce when I was young or one of my parents was ill or my dad lost his job and then, you know, suddenly we didn't have an apartment to live in anymore and we had to live with relatives. Like go back and do the ACEs study. You can go online and do it. Is there like a test? Uh-huh. There's just like, a, it's a real simple like fill-in questionnaire. Okay. And it's not a measure of who you are at all, but it is like a measure of what you've come through, mm-hmm. right? And so if you're someone who has a job and is in a relationship, but still came from a difficult background with all these different event events, like that's a measure of like, oh, you're actually doing pretty good because mm-hmm. you've had so much stacked up against you. Mm-hmm. And the part about money is just like money plays into everything. Right. Like, especially in the US where we don't have a minimum income, we're not guaranteed any money, and women make less than men. Like, money just plays into everything. So, for example, I was looking at these um, lists of negative and positive distortions that are cognitions that I use in therapy to help people just identify, like, what is that negative voice saying about yourself in your head all day long? A lot of people, it's like, so many things. I'm a piece of shit. I'm stupid. But God, it comes up around money so much. And Mm -hmm. there are these certain categories that we put these thoughts into just to help, like, give them a frame of reference. And their responsibility, like, I can't be trusted. I should have done something. My best is not good enough. And, man, does that come up around money, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I should have made a different decision. I'm irresponsible. And the next one is safety. And safety and money are so tied together, especially in the U.S., right? Like. If you live in a place where you don't feel safe and you don't have enough money to get yourself out of that place, like they're so tied together. 
The next category is choice. I'm not in control. I'm weak. I'm trapped. I have no options. Hello. Money, right? Money Mm -hmm. is the thing that gives us options. Yeah. It's like money isn't everything. And like that, that money doesn't buy happiness, such a cliche. And it's true, but money does make things easier. It does make things easier. And I think people feel like (laughs) you can hear my kids. I can hear your children. They're actively loving each other. They sound like they're um, really getting along. They're actively loving loving each each other other. on top of each other. Yeah. With their fists. (laughs) Um, So for people who think that money is the way you get out of bad situations, that's partially true. But I also think that just looking at your finances is also a good first step. Mm-hmm. Like it's not equal to you have to make more money to change where you are, what choices you're making, but you do need to be aware of it. And especially if you're in a relationship mm-hmm. and you don't know what the other person's finances are like, or if they're just the ones that pay all the bills and are in charge of that and you just stay See, out See, that of it. freaks me out. That scares me. Which part? Uh, like, for example, if I were to just let my partner be in charge of like all the money mm-hmm. and like pay all the bills and just, mm-hmm. and I never looked at it. Like mm-hmm. there's, I couldn't do that. Yeah. I don't recommend it. Some people really love living in that naivety though. Well, what, what I think is interesting is like, there isn't one way to do it in a relationship, right. especially like in a marriage right. where it is common to like combine finances or at least some of them perhaps. Um, for me, I, I, can't imagine combining all finances, like a hundred percent of them. I need an account that just has my name on it with some money in it. And do you mean at all times. combining like everybody has access to see what's in there or everybody has access to take out what's in there? Because those are different. Are they? I feel like if someone has access to see an account, they have rights to the account. No, no, I think well, yeah, yeah, maybe, but do you want to take a break? We can pause. No, I think it's okay. I think she'll handle it. Um, no, I think that there are those things are distinct, and they may feel the same in your mind, or like in some circumstances they may feel the same. But even just looking at printouts together, yeah, I don't. It's not that I keep it secret. Like I think my husband and I, we do share our accounts, even the ones that are that we have just individually. So, you know. I just don't think there's one right answer for every relationship. And for me, like we just mixed things up recently. We just changed some stuff because we, we do share finances. Like we pay the mortgage together. We pay the groceries together. We, we pretty much pay everything, almost everything together. That isn't like him going golfing or me going out to brunch, which I don't even remember the last time I did that. That would be really nice, but you know, so but lately, um, you know, we just moved and some things are changing. And like, I just felt like, you know, it doesn't feel good for some reason to like Venmo you half the mortgage. And for me to Venmo, like, it just doesn't feel right. Um, like, it doesn't feel like we're in this together. So we did something new where we started, we already had a joint account um, where we kind of did all of our rental expenses through it, but we decided to open another joint account where we just pay into it in like individually every month. And then all of our joint uh, bills come out of that account. So it really feels like we're in this together and it's not like I owe you, you owe me kind of weird business. Does, does the owing aspect, does that? I don't like owing anyone. <laughs> anything. Oh, you owe me for that thing I just bought. I do, but I will Venmo you today and then it'll be done. Um, I don't like owing anyone and I don't even really like people owing me. It it's much less like it's not as un, it's not uncomfortable. I don't like owing people. That's uncomfortable for me. But if you're like for instance your husband owes you, I can see that causing some Yeah, like a rift or just yeah, I don't I don't like it actually have an interesting story. Okay. So early, (laughs) early when we were dating, um, 
I found myself, and this is probably, I am not even saying this is like an accurate uh, view of what was going on, but I felt at the time that I found myself paying for Mm. more stuff, Mm. like dinners and just whatever, what have you. And I'm sure I was offering I'm sure I was because I'm strong and independent and I can pay for this. I don't need to mm-hmm. pay for this. But I think probably in the back of my mind, I'm like waiting for someone to be like, no, 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 I got it. No, 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 I got it. And like it didn't happen a few times. And so I was like giving, but not out of the goodness of my heart. What were you giving out of? Like a, I can do this, like a sense of pride. Like, Pride, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, but then I found myself resenting that I was giving what I was giving. So I stole some money. <gasps> I know. From him. <gasps> I know. Off his nightstand. So cash. this is like cash? He knows. We've talked about it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, <Patty>. <laughs> But. I was like, and I totally justified it in my mind too. Like we were dating and like, you know, I was over at his place all the time. And okay. At the time, Sally, he didn't even have a fucking savings account. Did he have a checking account? Yeah, I think so. But like he was a bartender. So yeah, he just all of his cash. money was like yeah. cash and just like on his nightstand. Yeah. So. Okay. Wait, time out. I think Patty thinks everybody has a savings account, guys. Uh, I mean, I have multiple savings uh, accounts. <laughs> you should because it can give you a feeling of like safety and security and you should be saving for your future because you never know what's going to happen you guys <laughs> but anyway Sally. I saw this cash on the nightstand and I was like I totally justified it in my mind I was like well technically he owes me I know how much I, was it I think it was just like 20 bucks. Like it was nothing. It was 20 bucks. But like I took it. You had some stuff back then, girl. But yeah. But it's all okay now. You wouldn't do that now. No. Unless someone's well, stealing now. We're married. No, I don't mean from him. I just mean like if he no. owed you or if someone owed you. Like, no, no. Dwight? No. Y'all are pretty good about Venmoing each other, aren't you? Yeah, no, yeah, no. Did you ever steal money? No, not permanently. Like you <laughs> borrowed it without telling someone, um, and you still owe them? No, 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 oh, no, okay. no, 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 no. I think I, um, some man in a bar years ago was showing off about how much money he had in his pocket, and I just put it in my pocket. Uh huh. And then he wanted it back, so I gave it back. Oh, okay. Well, it wasn't permanent, but like, don't take out seven hundred dollars and leave it in. Yeah, why would you do that? I did get a giant tip one time from somebody when I was bartending. They gave me like he and his girlfriend had been saving up for a trip to Europe, and then I think he had been something happened. Like he'd been sober, and then he relapsed, and he felt so guilty. He gave away all his money that he had been saving to go on the trip with her. Uh oh. Um, and he gave some of it to me and I tried to give it back to him and he wouldn't take it. And I tried to give it to the girlfriend and she was like, nope, you get to keep it. He, he made that choice. And yeah, like, he did. I think it was like $300 or something. He did. I don't know if that was a the good choice. A no, good choice, but he but... certainly suffered the consequences. But I Was that his way it. of punishing himself? Uh, yeah, for sure. I did used to, when I bartended, I would, this is disgusting to think about, but I would bring my money home and just like spread it out on the bed, count it. Over mm-hmm. and over and over again at like four it in the morning. Made you feel good? It made me feel so good. Yeah. To come from nothing and then have like some money. Oh, mm-hmm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Is your back starting to hurt? No, no. Oh, I'm good. <laughs> Sitting on this bed in your room. This is perfect. Okay. So let's talk about strategies for looking at your finances. Which is hard to do. Some people don't, like, you don't even like, you don't want to talk about it. You don't want to look at it. I can look at it. You can look at it. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it with my therapist to look at it without judgment. Like, of yourself? Yes. Okay. I don't judge um, anybody else. It's just myself. 
Like I never feel like I have enough and I never feel like I'm safe. And so looking at it is scary because looking at it always, the message I get is always there's not enough and you're not safe. Like one of my underlying things is like, I'm not safe and I'm going to die. Like that's one of the things that goes, like I go to pretty quickly around almost everything. And so money definitely does that quickly for me too. Like if there's not enough, then we're all going to die. Yeah. See, for me, it's like, um, something terrible is going to happen. It's going to suck away all my money and then I'm going to be fully dependent on someone else. God forbid my parents. And at that point I might as well die. Yeah. Oh. That's like the same. Well, you could come live with us, but we'll probably not have any either. If something bad happens to you, we'll probably get sucked up in it too. So I used to not spend my money to the point where like, I would just kind of never treat myself uh-huh, I ever, ever, uh-huh. ever. Uh-huh. Um, not even not treat yourself. You would neglect yourself. Like you would neglect your needs. Yeah. Like if you, unless I decided to like steal something like. Right. Like, but it wasn't blush. worth spending money on food if you were out for like a long period of time, right? Like, if people were eating, they'd be yeah, like, Do no. you want something? You'd be like, No, no, I'm good. No, but I would just like, I would just like eat something super cheap at home and then like show up with a full stomach. Like, oh, I'm just, I'm good. I'm just going to have like, I'm just going to like eat some of your French fries. I had a half a pound of Cheerios. Peri- uh, of I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> but now, I mean, what's changed? Like, because now you do. Now I do. You're allowed to spend money on yourself now for some reason, right? Yeah, I am. Because you're worth it? But I or? I am worth it Yeah, because I've worked really hard. And maybe because I did have all those years of not treating myself and saving, like, I'm a good saver. Yeah. Maybe I did have all those years of that. And now I feel like, again, not like I feel like I have enough because I don't think, I don't even know what that means, having enough. Yeah. It's more about just trusting that that things are just going to be okay. Regardless yeah. of what the number is in your account, you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Well, yeah. and I think you can trust yourself. Like, you don't make risky decisions. You're not someone who's careless, right? Like, it just sounds like you kind of know yourself too now. And you know, like, you're not going to betray yourself. I also know the difference between, like, a splurge and an investment, like my new car, it was an investment, but also a little bit of a splurge, mm-hmm. which is allowable. Right? Allowed, it's mm-hmm. allowed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, renovations that we're doing on the house, in my mind, completely an investment. Totally, because when we sell that house, which we will, yeah. it will be worth more, and we'll make more money. Right. It's an investment. It's an investment, and I. It's not like I'm spending 90% of my money to, to make those improvements, you no, know? You're not taking, you take, you now take measured risks, which are like small Measured risks. risks. Not big, yes. scary risks. You take not small stupid risks ones. That can reward you, and that's fine. Yes. Yes. <laughs> totally fine. Safe I think, risks. I think, um, I think money and finances, right? Like, or money and relationships, or just even money within like your own world, like personal finances, especially for women. Like, I feel like the number one step is just to educate yourself. And there are so many resources out there for educating yourself, like financial literacy. You could just literally go online and look at like basic financial literacy books for women. Didn't you take a financial literacy for women course? I took a course. Well, it wasn't like a, a course per se, but it was like a, one of those meetups um, that they have around town. I'm sure they have several. And I just found one that was like, uh, saving and investing for women. And so like every, I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was weekly or monthly. I, I only went for a short bit, um, kind of around the time we were buying a house and getting married and, um, they would have guest speakers sometimes. And one of the guest speakers was a divorce lawyer. Ooh. It was really interesting. And she was like, Basically, she advised me when we were buying. She was like, "You doesn't." She was like, "It doesn't matter whose money is going into that down payment. Your name has to be on that, right? That house. Right. It doesn't matter, right? Regardless." So, both of your names or your name. It didn't like my name had to be on it, whether it was my name or my name and his name. He was okay. like, "You just make sure your name's on there." Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So educate yourselves. Yeah, yeah, and men too. I mean, I think there's some. 
uh, what I see in my clients is more shame around men who do not um, feel like they're financially savvy because men are like masculinity is like tied with financial success. Mm -hmm. And like providing. Right. Which, oh God, yeah, the like stigma of like, I don't have enough to care for someone or I don't have enough to get married or I don't have enough to get children. Like, I mean, some of that is based in math and some of that is just based in like archaic ideas of masculinity. Like, Yeah. And see, when I think of that, I'm like, well, I mean, okay, sure. It would be nice to marry someone with a ton of money. I'm like, not going to lie. Okay. But- Okay. And like, sure, maybe it would be cool to like not have to work if you didn't want to. And like for someone to like have all the money and like you're, you're fine. But. Since the woman who's never not worked since she was like 15. Yeah. Okay. Just side note. Yeah, I know. But I don't, it's more of like a, if that was a choice, if that was an option, sure. Not a need. Like I don't ever. I don't ever want to be in a place where I have to, like I already said, rely on someone else. And I get like an icky face when I think about like relying on a man. You need to work on that. I'm, the relying on, I mean, <laughs> just, I don't mean like, <laughs> I know. I'm such an asshole. I don't mean it like that. Could you put your boo back inside your overalls? Oh, it's just like watching sorry. me. <laughs> They're big. They're big today. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't nip out. No, it wasn't the nip at all, but because of the pattern, it was just like, we kept making eye contact and it was uncomfortable. (laughs) I mean, you're welcome. (laughs) I put it away. Um, Okay. Thank you for putting it away. I mean, it's beautiful. Just don't want to talk to it right now. Uh, That relying on it's what did, what was the Instagram post you saw this week? Oh, so good. Uh, Extreme. I think it was the account Rising Women. Uh-huh. I think you're right. Um, she shares like little nuggets of awesomeness. And the one that, that really caught my eye last week or this week was um, it said ultra independence yes. is a trauma response. Yes. And I was like, ooh, yes. that's me. Yes. So that's exactly the same thing as you're saying right now. I don't mm. want to have to rely on somebody. Yeah, I don't. It's scary. It is scary. Like I want to, I want to, like, I can take care of myself. Like I can do this. Uh-huh. Like, Until you can't and then you need help. I mean, I don't, I, I've gotten a lot better at asking for help. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to be helpless. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yes. There's a difference Nobody between- Nobody wants to be helpless. Helpless and- being willing to ask for help. You need help. Right. And being helpless. And I don't think any of us want to be helpless, but I yeah. can almost guarantee that at some point in your life, you will go through something, whether it's like a surgery or an illness or whatever, recovery, mm-hmm. where you have to totally rely on somebody. Like for me, childbirth. Mm-hmm. I mean, being naked in a hospital bathroom mm-hmm. while someone else helps you use the restroom mm-hmm. is pretty damn helpless, right? Like, yeah. Um, and then they, you know, put your underwear on you for you because you can't. Like, mm. it's pretty damn helpless, but also um, a little bit freeing because you don't lose every part of you that you think you're going to. Like, right? you're still that strong, independent, valuable person, even when someone else is helping you use the toilet. Yeah. You know? So it's a super humbling experience. But Yes. <laughs> but also can show you how strong you are. Right. And that it's not permanent. I think the hardest part of imagining suffering or imagining helplessness is the thought that it could be forever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I just don't think that's what you're looking at. And the like practicing relying on somebody or giving up control to somebody. I feel like this is going to turn into a sex talk, but because these are really. Is is that where your mind is going? Well, they're really similar categories of like. Being completely in control versus allowing someone else to be in control for a while, taking turns being submissive, taking turns being vulnerable. I feel like they're kind of opposite in my mind. Mm-hmm. Is that is that accurate? Like, is I that mean, that's ca- common. Yeah, because like, 
we don't I mean we don't we don't have to we don't have to go there if you don't want but like but like I will just say like okay so if they're opposites right and I'm like I can take care of myself I'm in charge I don't need any help I got I got all the money and then with sex it's like totally different <laughs> I mean it's not uncommon for women who are domineering mm-hmm. ultra controlling ultra independent to want someone else to take charge mm-hmm. in the bedroom mm-hmm. Um, but that's another show for another yeah, day. Yeah, that's a totally another show. Your bo- uh, boob is looking yeah. at me again. Sorry. I feel like maybe that one's bigger. It's just, you know, I, I'm sitting on the bed and it's like, I feel like maybe that bigger. one's bigger than the other one. And so the like, she's wearing overalls and their her leopard print bra keeps poking yeah, out I'm not the even side. Right. I just didn't even put it on a shirt today. Just yeah. Bra and overalls. Yeah. You're whatever. <laughs> just letting it all hang out. Just moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um. Are there any other financial money? Well, I was just remembering that, like, so, I mean, I, I think, obviously, the way I feel about money was kind of shaped early on. Right. So I'm thinking about some memories and some experiences I had when I was a kid. Like, my mom is a super hardworking, independent woman. Like, mm-hmm. So a long time ago, her dad got into a a very serious car accident and couldn't provide for the family. And so the kids that were old enough started working to pitch in for the house. Um, And then at the time, two of her brothers that were older than her were about ready to start college. And so a family friend ended up putting her brother's through college, paying for their college education, but they didn't pay for my mom's education and they didn't pay for her sister's education. They just paid for the two boys' educations. And then my mom and her sister both put themselves through college. Like my mom was a a waitress and a bartender through college, Mm -hmm. put herself through school Mm -hmm. and decided from that point forward... I'm never going, this was, this is her in her mind. Like I'm never going to rely on a man to take care of me because look what happened to my mom when he got, when he got into a car accident and couldn't provide for the family. Like it was just like really, really hard. I'm sure it was devastating. Yeah. So I think that point from that point forward, she decided I'm, I'm going to be independent. I'm going to take care of myself. And she was very independent. Like I could see that and really hardworking throughout her marriage with my father too. Like she has always had a job. She's always had like more than one job. Yeah. And I think they're also weird about money. Just the way they- Oh, you think so? I think so. <laughs> just the way they like talk about it or don't talk about it or, or it shame or- each other for this or that or hoard it or yeah like I mean my dad is so uh, I don't really know why because I don't I don't really know what his early childhood experiences were with money I don't really know I just know that story about my mom but my dad is like he's such a saver to the point where he doesn't allow himself a meal when when he goes out um, yeah. So I don't, and I don't really know why. Yeah. I think there is some sense of, the thing that is, that they have in common is there's like a sense of pride of like saving money. Right. Like my mom's a coupon cutter and she loves a deal. Right. But she also knows how to treat herself and she'll go to Cancun every summer. Yeah. And my dad does this weird thing where he like, will see something on the side of the road, like a shirt just like smushed into the side of the road and he'll like pull over and pick it up. And he's like, I can, I can wash this and I can use this. Hmm. And, and then that will become one of his shirts. part of his wardrobe. Yeah. Wow. It's I mean, weird, but he's like, he's proud like a scavenger. of it. He's proud of it. Cause he was like, it's free. I mean, our, ch- our parents are children of children from the depression. Right. Right. Like, or their, their parents survived the depression. Mm -hmm. And I think that is that mark, like is still so present in my mom and people her age where 
I see that my mom is kind of like a billy goat will eat in a, like a scavenger kind of way. We'll eat any combination of leftovers or food in our fridge. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I kind of do that. Do you? I kind of, I kind of do that sometimes. Like, well, I don't like to waste. Yes. I hate wasting. Yes. But I think that that is an ancestral thing. Like, because I see that in myself sometimes and I see it in, don't see it in my husband because he doesn't know what a leftover is and I could kill him. But I see it in my mom and she'll have like barbecued shrimp and a waffle with yeah. syrup mm-hmm. and and then some coffee or kombucha. You I know? mean, I put mashed potatoes in a tortilla the other day. Nope. Is, that, is that weird? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of tortilla was it? It's pretty good. I mean, what that's... What do you mean what kind? It's just a regular tortilla. Flour or corn. Oh, flour. I mean... <laughs> Homemade mashed potatoes. That sounds good. It was good. It's a little weird. Yeah, I know. It's a little weird, but... You know, yeah, <laughs> we do our best. I was like, well, I have these mashed potatoes and I have tortillas. Do you eat food until it's just gone? Do you ever throw away like old food from your fridge or do you make sure it's consumed? I will if it's like not appetizing whatsoever mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. I will. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I don't like eating like mushy bananas or like brown avocados mm-hmm. and things like that. But then I'm like, oh man, like... I wasted it. Yeah, it is sad when you waste food. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. Um, I don't know. Oh. Um, did you talk about Mas- Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Well, yeah, so let's talk about that for a second. Because okay. Maslow's hierarchy of needs are just, it's kind of a random, or kind, kind of, of a unsubstantiated, um, not random, but unsubstantiated theory about how we make choices and are motivated and get our needs needs met through our lives. But like the very bottom of the pyramid is, I think, like safety. And the theory... I'm looking at the pyramid. Is the bottom safety? Safety and Uh, security? Psychological needs. Uh So food, water, warmth, rest. Uh And then what? What's next? And then safety needs above that. And it says security and safety. Yes. And those two bottom rows of the triangle make up the basic needs. Right. And so the idea is if you don't have those basic needs met, then it's really hard to go on and build other things on top of it, like to build a life on top Mm of um, not having a home. Right. So, for example, if you are homeless, it is very difficult to go out and get a job. Or a girlfriend. Or a girlfriend or or go to school. Right. Or if you are not having those basic needs met. Mm -hmm. But finances play into that so much too because it's almost impossible to have a roof over your head if you're not financially stable. Right? Yep. Or it's almost impossible to feel happy and Mm -hmm. content with yourself if you're not financially stable in a home with a roof. Or if your life is in danger every day because you're not in a safe environment, you're probably not going to become quite wealthy from having a successful small business, right? Like it's just not, those things just don't add up. Right. But the hierarchy of needs, I think is a good resource also like the ACEs scale to just go and look at like when I was a child, were these needs of mine met? Mm -hmm. Because if you're on the ACEs scale, probably some of your needs weren't met on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which means that like you weren't able to socially mature, physically and intellectually mature at the same rate as your peers who were getting all their needs met. Mm-hmm. So it's just a way of kind of measuring yourself, but not what your deficiencies are, but just what you've come through. Mm-hmm. And also looking around yourself at like, huh, are all my basic needs being met right now? Or are all my children's basic needs being met right now? Which is essential for relationships and people to grow in healthy ways. Well, and awareness is like the first step to- Exactly. Educate Growing from, from anything. Right. Yeah. Yes, it is. So the next two uh, layers of the pyramid are belongingness and love needs. Mm -hmm. So intimate relationships and friends. And then above that, esteem needs, prestige and feeling of accomplishment. Yeah. Which is the very top. Is that right? Or what's the very top? So the very top ones, and maybe it varies with language, but the very, very top one says... Um, self-fulfillment needs or Mm self-actualization. So achieving one's full potential, including Mm -hmm. creative activities. So yeah, yeah, I can't, 
honestly imagine trying to be creative when right. I'm figuring out where the next meal is coming from. Right. It's very difficult. Yeah. It's very difficult to use that part of your brain. So the, um, right. Our amygdala, like the lower part of our brain, our lizard brain. Hey y'all Dwight, the producer here at this point in the conversation, um, multiple crying children ran in the room. Um, as must happen with all professional podcasts as they're recording around their children during quarantine. Uh, so Sally and Patty dealt with crying children and ice cream wars ensued. And so this thought was completely left and never returned to. And we're just going to jump onto some emails and you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay, thanks. Producer Dwight out. You want to get to those emails? We should. Let's get to those emails. Let's get to the emails. Snap, snap. Okay. Um, so I don't know where my phone is. I don't either. It's somewhere. Is it in the chair? Okay. Uh, and, and Dwight, this is where we can probably start here. Okay. <laughs> okay. So a few days ago, we posted on our social media, how does money affect your mental health? And we got some comments. Um, let's see. Naomi said, it's my number one stressor. I hate it that a little green paper holds so much weight over my life, but it's more so the lack of feeling successful and being able to support myself. It's awful for my self-esteem. Got it. Yep. We we totally agree. I understand. Totally agree. I find it interesting that like money can affect your mental health, but your mental health can also affect like your financial status. Absolutely. Your insecurity. Absolutely. Yeah. Like a, it is a vicious cycle. Vicious we just cycle. talked about that. Yep. Um, nicely Garcia said, uh, Latin X millennial checking in. And if you don't know what that means, let me just, let me just tell you because I had it pulled up and then, and then I didn't, uh, okay. Latin X. Mm-hmm. Do you know what that means? Um, is it genderqueer or gender nonconforming or? Yes. Okay. So Latin X is a gender neutral neologism, sometimes used instead of Latino or Latina to refer to people of Latin culture or ethical identity in the United States. So it's a gender neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, neologism just means new word. New word. Thank you. Um, checking in, uh, they say entered the workforce during the 2008-2009 recession and now living through this wonderful pandemic recession, likely depression, um, even while clearing six figures pre-COVID in LA. Congratulations. Oh, yes. And it's not enough. Fun times. Sorry. Sorry. Fun, that is true. LA is miserable oh, for is really stretching expensive. the dollar. Yeah. Maybe don't live there. I know. Maybe <laughs> just go on vacation there. From Palm Springs? I mean, we're all working from home anyway now. We are so all working from home. Um, yeah. April said, "Oof, I could write a book." And then I was like, and then I commented, and I was like, "Well, we don't have time to read a book, but you totally could write a book. But maybe you could just uh, write us a paragraph in an email." And she did. Awesome. She says, "Hello, my lovely friends." I never realized how much money affected my mental health until about five years ago when I got a greatly needed new job with a salary that was nearly double what I'd been making for the previous decade. Awesome. Before the new job, I had been making barely enough to pay rent and bills with nothing left over. Sometimes at the end of the month, I had $5 in my checking account. I was also, okay, that's really scary to me when I read that. That is scary. I was also battling severe depression, but I did not think the two were related. I never considered myself a materialistic person, and I never had money anyway, so why would it make me depressed? After a few months at my new job, people who know me well started to remark that I seemed so much happier and, quote, like a new person. Sally probably remembers. <laughs> I begin to see I began to see how this new financial security had relieved so much anxiety, stress, shame, and feelings of hopelessness hopelessness I'd had for so long. I was surprised and a little embarrassed that money had helped relieve my depression. Am I that shallow? And what does it say about depression, supposedly a genetic biological disorder, that environment or circumstance could play such a role? 
I've thought about this a lot, and I truly believe that lack of money makes everything more difficult. Things that we take for granted, driving, doing laundry, going to the doctor, etc., are all more time-consuming, more risky, and never guaranteed when you are poor. That daily fear, frustration, immobility, and exhaustion can absolutely lead to debilitating mental health conditions, and it's something I'm not sure many people realize. I sure didn't. Love you both, April. Wow, yes. Such a great email. Totally, April. And I think you're right that it is kind of a mindfuck of, um, wait, I thought depression was a chemical thing, mm-hmm. right? But it's not just a chemical thing. And our living circumstances and our life choices can affect which genes of ours are expressed. So like our parents give us our genes, right? But then our environment also influences how our genes are expressed and which genes are expressed and whether or not like we're functioning well or not. And Mm -hmm. yes, if you're in an environment where every single step is harder and you have less money equals resources Mm -hmm. to do those jobs with, then everything is going to be harder and you're going to be more exhausted and it's going to feel like a daunting task to do things like your laundry or just simple things. Yeah. Yes. I mean, apartment complexes, you often don't have laundry in your apartment, right? Or you have to share a laundry room with a hundred of your neighbors or like, it's just the little things that when you are also depressed or battling against one of these internal dialogues of you're a piece of shit, you're worthless, you have no value. And then the world is reinforcing you're a piece of shit, you Mm -hmm. have no value. Or your employer is reinforcing you have no value or you have such little value that you can't even afford to live in the same city where you work, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's what Mm -hmm. I think Latinx was saying. Like it's pretty common for people to make a living but not earn enough money to live where they work. Mm -hmm. Like in Austin, like it's hard to live where you work here. Harder and harder. And I know that's what April was saying too, but also mental health requires resources and support. Like supporting your mental health is not an individual task and things like therapy, exercise, like those cost money, a healthy diet. Those things cost money. Being able to go out and socialize with friends often costs money. Um, not always, but not always, but, but yeah, often. And then yeah. if you don't have the money and your friends do, there's that shame mm. or embarrassment or, you know, difficult conversations of, I'd love to hang out with you guys, but I can't go to dinner. Yeah. Right. Or we can't go drink wine for six hours at a wine bar. Like I have to, I have a budget that I'm trying mm-hmm. to live with it. And I think like, I think there's still shame around having a budget or living within a budget or a little bit of embarrassment or something mm-hmm. in our society, which I wish there wasn't, but, yeah. um, but I'm so glad you're doing better April. And I do remember when you made that switch and you like came alive again. And I'm so glad you're alive again. Cause I missed you. I'm glad you're happy. I miss you too. Um, April and I used to live like three minutes a walk from each other and now we don't. Yeah. Now it's like six minutes. Well, now it's like, well, we don't, re- we can't really walk anymore. <laughs> now it's like a six minute now it's drive. like a half hour walk or six minute drive. Do we have another email? Yeah, yeah we do. Um, this one came through our website, which if you don't know. What is it? Thefeelings.club. Is it good? It's great. Is it it a just good got a website? facelift recently. <laughs> it's it's great. Um, and so if you don't want to type in thefeelingsclubpodcast at gmail.com, you can just go to thefeelings.club and we have like a little um, like a little like box that you can just type in your message right there and hit send. Um, I don't know who this is from. It's a mystery says, responding on the money question, I like to think I'm not that interested in money. I never felt like I needed to be rich to feel successful or happy, but I seem to have an attitude I can't explain toward those who have money and have fancy cars or big houses. I have a boss where I think they are a, sn- I have a boss where I think they are a snob or asshole. I don't think I'm subconsciously envious, but maybe I am curious to get your take on it. We did a whole episode on envy, didn't we? We sure did. And yes, sometimes those things are subconscious. Um, Often when we have big judgments about people outside of us, what's really happening is we're being judgmental within ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I would say the first thing you can do if you really want to answer that question is take a look at yourself. Like, are you happy where you are? Mm -hmm. Do you think you have more value than you're being paid at your current job? Right. And if so... How can you take steps to achieve a higher paying job or a better fit of a job? Mm-hmm. There are really great books out there of like um, 
make what you're worth, the four hour work week, um, all these different kind of books that you can start reading or blogs you can follow of how to level up both money wise and career wise. I was also just thinking though, like, or or maybe you're not even living the life you want to live. Right. Like maybe, maybe that's not what you want. Maybe you don't want to make more money and have a bigger house like these right. other people around you. Maybe you actually don't like being around these people. Right. Maybe, maybe True. what would make you super happy is living in a little cabana on the beach in Costa Rica with not very much. With Do you know the, what I mean? With like, a shiny canoe. Or, yeah. Yes. I do I know, know what you mean. You maybe know, like, I just think, I think your surroundings can can yeah. influence the way you think about yeah. what you think you need yeah. to be happy or whatever. And maybe it's like not that at all. Yeah. I think that's a great place to start is just looking, do I have what I want? Am I living the, the life I want to live? Right. And if the answer is no, figure out, start figuring out like, what do I actually want? And how do I get there? And then get back to mm-hmm. us and let us know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Get back to us. Let us know. Mm-hmm. I have a joke for you. Patty has a joke. Yep. Okay. Okay. Ready? Yep. Where do Eskimos keep their money? Oh, in a snowbank. I'm so sorry. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm the worst person. You win. You did it right. You won. I, I see. Okay, but I really want to talk to you about this real quick. Is that my kids tell joke, jokes at dinner almost every night, and I do try to figure them out. Yeah, I know, I'm me an too. Asshole. But it's okay. okay. I it's think a- we're all a little bit assholes. I'm so sorry I ruined your one joke. It's okay. She can't even make eye contact with me. <laughs> do you have any jokes? Um, what kind of shoes does the baker wear? Baking shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Loafers. Damn it! We're going to leave it there. If you'd like to record a question or a comment for a future episode of The Feelings Club, give us a ring on the banana phone at 725-FEELING. That's 725-333-5464. Or you can use the voice memo app on your phone to record your question and email it to us at thefeelingsclubpodcast at gmail.com. Sally and I appreciate everyone who helps to spread the word about the show. We rely heavily on your word of mouth and reviews, tweets, and people posting about the show on Instagram. Visit our website, thefeelings.club. Sign up for our newsletter and check out Sally's blog. Follow us on Instagram at Feelings Club Podcast and Twitter at Feelings Club Pod. The Feelings Club Podcast is produced every week by Dwight Baker and me and my co-host, Sally Rumsey. Thank you for listening. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as a replacement for therapy or medical advice by a licensed doctor. This is not your therapy, y'all. The Feelings Club. Invite all your friends to the Feelings Club. Come be a part of the Feelings